Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM. Happy to have you back this week with myself, Kyle Teixeira, and John Shera right here across the table from me. This week, we are going to talk about our first part of a nine-part series. Um, that nine-part series is nine concerns of renting your home or thinking about renting your home. Um, and today, we're going to be starting with where would I go and when would I do it? Uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Are you excited to do the series, Kyle? I'm very excited. I mean, these concerns come up all the time, and sometimes they would stop people from, you know, being building their real estate before. You know, in a past podcast, we've had some people on that 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 do um, real estate investing, and what what I've always struck with is how they're everyday people, right? Um, everyday people, if they just take action, if they have better knowledge, which is what we try to do here. They can they can do so much better for themselves and build wealth. You know, we talk about building wealth with real estate to be very specific, and that's kind of where where this comes from. Is you know, we send people. Um, maybe we might send you. Maybe you might look, get, go in your mailbox and find a solicitation from us that 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 is meant to inspire you to consider renting your home as a next option, right? Maybe your home, maybe you're starting to think about buying a bigger home because you're adding to your family, um, moving across town, what have you. How is that next move going to make? And that's kind of part one of this series is one of the options people have is renting their home instead of selling their home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't even consider that option. I always tell people, hang on to whatever real estate you can you can grab or... or Grab whatever real estate you can and hang on to it, right? That's how we build wealth. Yeah, and there's other considerations like when people had, you know, bought that house not too long ago and now they're selling it to buy another one, um, don't even consider the option of renting. So uh, the, and what we're going to talk about is a lot of the concerns that do come up um, or objections that come up when people do consider renting the home they live in, uh, whether it's transferring somewhere else or going somewhere else. So, um, and we're going to get into it. But if you guys have any questions about this, uh, our series, where we're going to go from here, suggestions, um, give us a call, 817-818-9039, or shoot us an email at showmethemoney show me at <laughs> <laughs> We did that good, Kyle. Yeah. So, let's get started. First part of nine concerns you may have when thinking about renting your home. Really? So, so I think we decided the first and biggest concern people have, right? If they're, if they're thinking, if somebody's introduced them to this idea is, okay, well, where would I go? Right? And how and, would I do it? And how would I do it? Exactly, right? <laughs> like, so, so let's break have, that down. I have what to is, live somewhere. What does that mean? Where do I go? What do I... So clearly somebody needs to, we're, we need to make a move from, from one home to the next. So in the traditional sense, people would sell their home, right? And they would find another home, buy it, sell their home, move from this home to that home. And that's just the natural thinking, right? That's why it, it's probably a big reason people don't consider renting is that's just sometimes just not thought about because it's not part of the process in their head. That's yeah. right. Well, there's another big one that we're going to get into part two also, right? Like sometimes people need the equity, but, and we're going to get into that in, in our part two, but, but. You're absolutely right. Sometimes, regardless of whether you need the equity, they don't even consider wealth building with the home that they live in. 
And I always tell people, if you're going to be a real estate the easy, or landlord, the easiest way to become a real estate investor is to rent the home that you're living in, right? Mm-hmm. As you're making that move up. So what does that look like? You need to, you need to move across town. Well, we just need to find, we just need to get pre-qualified, right? And we'll come back to that in a moment. We need to get pre-qualified for a loan. If you need a loan, I'm assuming you need a loan. Maybe if you have cash, and then this question, a lot of these concerns go away if you have cash. But um, so you get pre-qualified um, and we just need to go through the normal search and buying process of buying a home, right? Um, in that new area or the finding the bigger home in the area that you're in. We just need, it just starts with pre-qualification. And, and I think that's where most people kind of stop. They make assumptions with the pre-qualification and they don't investigate further to find out that they can actually qualify for a loan. Tell them how, Kyle. You're talking about qualifi- qualifying for a loan while still keeping That's the right. mortgage at your original right. house. Yeah, because it really just comes down to DTI, which stands for debt to income ratio. Uh, and that is, it's actually it's pretty simple. It's like you're monthly cost, uh, your, all your debt um, compared to your income, uh, if, if it meets their qualification uh, percentage, I should say. So you should have, call it 30% debt for uh, 100% of your income, um, your DTI is you know, 30%. So I think I got that backwards. But the point is that <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's about your debt and your income. So if you have all maxed out credit cards and car loans and all these things that add debt to it that take away from your income. So for example, say all the monthly payments on your credit cards, monthly payments on your car and anything else you have debt in adds up and your mortgage included adds up to your income, then your debt to re- your debt to income is a hundred percent. And that's not going to be lendable for another property. But if you add up all your debt, um, your other mortgage, and it only comes up to like 20% of your income monthly, uh, then you likely qualify for a second mortgage um, pretty easily at that one. But, uh, but that's just an example of if people don't think about it that way of it's not the affordability of paying for two homes is what gets you qualified, you don't actually end up doing it. That's not the plan. The plan is to rent it out and make money off that other part, right? Yes. Yeah. You, you just described debt to income ratio and, and, and in a really technical way. And, and so, um, and that was perfect. So what I would say is if we simplify that a little bit, people think that they can't afford two mortgages because they think that they that their current income is going to have to carry both mortgages and they don't realize that the rental income that they're going to receive from that home goes toward their income mm-hmm. and is added to their income in order for them to qualify. So in most cases nowadays, that rental income is so great that it actually improves their qualification more than um, it, th- than it hurts it. it. It actually makes their qualification, qualifies them for actually more money because they're paying $1,200 for a mortgage payment with taxes and insurance and they're renting that house out for $2,000. Well, they just got $800 in income that they can use on top of their jobs. Yeah, and we've talked about that in a lot of different, different senses on this show, but uh, 
you you can do that, and that is a huge benefit. But it has to be rented out prior to that qualification. That's where it, sometimes, where, not yeah, always. Sometimes. So let's so. not get into that too much because <laughs> because that's not always the case. So. And when it is the case, then you really, that's kind of where it comes, where getting a really great professional, I, I, I like to say getting a property manager, right, is, is the best thing for you. But you can have a real estate agent or somebody else help you through this a little bit too. So if, if that ends up being the case that you need somebody beforehand, then that is not a reason to not do this, right? There are, there are ways to get that done. So Kyle, the other thing people I hear a lot regarding the other assumption that I hear people make a lot regarding um, qualifying for a loan for that next home is they've gotten a VA or an FHA loan and they think that they can't get another one. Yeah, that's not, that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of stipulations around when you can and can't do that. But like you said, I mean, I could get into a lot of the technical pieces of that but like you said you want to talk to an expert on that because it's it's one of those concerns that you need to get validated because uh, it's not always true i mean there's it's actually most of the time not true so well the va is zero percent down payment mm-hmm. and if you're a veteran and you're taking you, you should be taking advantage of that right um even the VA insurance is fairly cheap, a lot cheaper than private mortgage insurance and cheaper than, than even the FHA insurance. So, um, and Texas here in Texas, we got the Texas vet program, which is even better. So if you're a veteran, you should be taking advantage of this. And most people don't realize you can hold two VA certification loans at one time. So eventually most likely let's go through a scenario. Let's go through two different scenarios. I buy a home, uh, for $200,000 and a year later, my family grows and I'm going to move on. I probably don't have the 20% equity I need to get rid of that VA insurance, but I am entitled to a second VA loan. So VA will say, okay, why are you moving? Because my family's growing. Okay. That's, they're totally cool with that. They'll allow you to get a second one. They're not going to allow you to get a third one, but most likely if you do this again, that first one is now going to be in a 20% equity position, which means if I need to explain that really quickly, that the value is that the loan is 80% or less than that market value of the home. Okay. So now second, let's, let's go, let's use that same example and say that you have been in the home for five years now. Well, most people have gained 20% equity over the last five years. So most likely within that five years or at that five-year mark, you're able to get that VA insurance off of there. So you no longer even have that VA insured loan anyways. So even though it was set up as VA, it's not insured by VA anymore. You now don't have any VA loans if that makes sense, because you've gone through whatever steps it takes to get that VA insurance off of your loan to save you some money. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I didn't get too far into that. Yeah, you might have a little bit, but it's okay. (laughs) So what about FHA? That's a more common one. 
Yeah, no, and but FHA basically is exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And so while it's not 0%, it's 3.5%, that's still a really low down payment that most people can do. And that works exactly the same way, pretty much the same qualifications, right? They'll let you get another VA loan um, for, uh, they have a list of reasons. And, and the two that come to mind that are most commonly used is um, to get closer to a job, uh, a family that's that's growing, right? So I need more rooms, um, you know, job change, right? Um, so those are the, the ones that are used most often. Yeah, yeah. So then that's that's really how you do it. I mean, there's we could get further in, but it, you really have to just the question is where do I go and how do I do it? Where do I go and how do I do it? And there is ways to do it is what we're trying to tell you here is that the, that question is is asked but never really looked into um, or the objection in their head is they can't do these things. Yeah, they can't I think, go do the, the other loan or it's going to cost too much or whatever it may be. Right. So um, it's important to look at the details and the tools you have available because in this industry, that's it's all about the tools. So. Yeah, I wish Until our. Pref- it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish our preferred lender was here with us, and and, and he he can share with us a little bit more about some of this stuff. But, but that's where you need to go, right? That's the first step to home buying. Anytime you're buying a home, and considering doing anything, your first step needs to be going to your preferred lender and creating that roadmap toward the goal that you want. That you're striving for. Yeah. And with our question, um, you could get that question answered from our preferred lender. At least I can speak to you could get that question answered in a 15 minute phone call yep. and not just a, you know, 70% answer. No, you could get pretty much hundred percent of the answer you need to know what your next step is yep. and what your next step is will be, um, will lead into our next week's topic. Do, Do I need my equity to move? Yep. So, yep. um, and that's, that's it. That's another answer you're going to get out of there, but for a lot of different <laughs> reasons that we're going to talk into next week. So yep. if you guys have any questions about um, our series, uh, questions you may want to hear in this series or really anything about real estate or maybe answering the question, where do you go and how do you do it? Uh, give us a call at 817-818-9039. Uh, show me the money at wertpm.com or come say hi to me and John in downtown Mansfield. Love Always it. happy to see you. Love it. <laughs> you want to close this out? Yeah, no. I, yeah, well, just as a closing thought, you know, whenever you're doing something like this, hire a professional, hire a great professional that you know, like, and trust, and follow your dreams, and let's go build wealth with real estate. Boom. Yep. Catch y'all next week. Yep. Peace out. Peace out.